Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Photo Tidbits Podcast. Today is going to be our first episode. I'm your host, Ken, and today we have another photographer and a good friend of mine. His name is Nader. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey guys, this is Nader, Nader Shahadi. I go by N-City on Instagram, so that's at E-N-N City. I'm a portrait photographer out of San Francisco. I appreciate the invite, Ken. I'm glad to be here today, and let's get into it. Yeah, no problem. Let's go ahead. We were, we were just hanging out yesterday, and uh, over at Mount Tamalpais, or how do you guys say Mount Tam? I just call it Mount Tam. I think it's Mount Tamalpais. Tamalpais. Yeah. AKA Mount Tam. Mount Tam. Everyone loves going over there, and even though it was both our first time over there, and I gave him like an, an hour's notice yeah. for Natter to even like respond to me, like, hey, you want to come with us? I was at the gym us? when you hit me up, too, yeah. <laughs> didn't you just tell me you uh, didn't even do cardio, and you just decided to just get ready? Yeah, I was like finishing up my workout. I was about to get into like 30 or 40 minutes of cardio and I was like, you know what, I need time to get. So I just like left and I figured I was going to go to the gym today anyway. So mm. made it happen so I can go scout with you. I know uh, the drive was pretty harsh. It was kind of long. It's not that bad. You know, mm-hmm. Bay Area, you're used to that kind of stuff. We did took up a lot of like time for scoping around. I really hope that we have one good shot. Yeah, I said that I'll look at my photos too. Yeah, we're going to have to really look into it. Uh, before we get into the Pro show... Pro tip, whenever you go Mount Tam, bring an ND filter. Yes, yes, bring, <laughs> bring, bring an ND filter. Because uh, even... Uh, also a cleaning equipment, because uh, my other friend over there didn't bring his cleaning equipment. And he probably got grass on it, too. Luckily, I always carry lens wipes, so that <laughs> came in clutch. He had the expensive ones, guys. He had the Zeiss lens wipes. <laughs> <laughs> I would just get the ones from the medical kit. <laughs> 200 pack man it's cheap just well, good investment good eight, investment eight dollars worth amazon <laughs> yeah all right well we're gonna before we get into the uh to the show guys we're gonna have a little quick break be right back all right we're back i really wanted to bring you into this first episode to my podcast is because uh i know we started around the same time 2016 yeah. late-ish or 2017 early yeah around that time exactly i think uh-huh. it was like mid 2016 probably and because yeah, i was still shooting a nikon or nikon at the time but yeah when i first met you i just picked up the a7 the sony a7 II. we were both barely new in the game again I guess I said again because I had a small touch in photography back in high school. I'm not sure about your history. I remember you had just like picked up an an A7 or something like that, an A7 II, and I had just picked up my Fujifilm XT2, and then we met and we were like shooting the Golden Gate Bridge. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, it was already an expensive camera to start with. Oh yeah. And you, it's an was... expensive hobby. Yes, that too. It's a very expensive hobby, and and that. But Sony was all the rage. Like it was just starting to come out with like the lenses and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, you for sure gotta put some insurance on this, guys. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you already told me what camera. Why Fuji? You know, I went through a whole process where I remember I was trying to pick out the camera I wanted because I didn't have a camera. Yeah. All I had was this old Nikon D40 that I had when I was like shooting back in college when I first started photography. Uh-huh. But I didn't shoot for years after that, and uh, like, and it's it's a good user, it's uh-huh. a good user experience when I'm using it. And then, along with that, I just I like Fuji colors, so that was a big reason why I went that way too. You know about Fuji colors? A lot of people do compliment that straight out of the camera Fuji cam- colors, right? Yeah. So on like a Fujifilm camera, there's these film profiles, or they call them film simulations, where it mimics 
like original Fujifilm stocks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's like a Probia stock, there's a Velvia, and those have like various color saturations and the way they adjust shadows and everything. So it's really nice because in camera, you're getting these various looks that have a very film-esque. So like if I want to send photos to someone immediately like unedited, they're still good. Or if I'm sharing family photos, I don't necessarily have to work on them, worry about skin tones and everything. So it works well. Wow. First, originally was shooting with like a Lumix, a Panasonic Lumix GX8. I actually just sold that camera two weeks ago. And then I wanted to upgrade because I felt like I needed a larger sensor of some sort or uh-huh. and I fell in love with the Fuji format. I like the dials on the top. It feels very nostalgic to film. I wanted like the most budget entry level camera to start with. And I mean, the Oh yeah, that makes total sense. D3300 yeah. at the time okay. was yeah. 5 to 600 dollars and I got it during Black Friday. And I didn't know I'd be a so trigger happy person because mm-hmm. within 5 6 months myself that's when I upgraded to the Sony A7 because I did some research that Sony makes sensors for Nikon or Nikon. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why why shoot with Nikon? For at least my sake, my mm-hmm. my preference. And so I just like moved on to like the person who makes it for Nikon. Right. So Sony was it for me. It does feel a little bit um I would say ahead of its time. A lot of, a lot of people do think Sony thinks it's very expensive. G Master lenses are super expensive. I think that's where a lot of the rap comes from. But I think the cameras are fairly priced, especially the ones right now. Even um, the Zeiss lenses are very expensive too. Oh yeah. But I think uh, like the, the lens two... wipes. Zeiss. Oh, Zeiss. <laughs> Back to your lens wipes. <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. Landscapes. Uh, so that was landscapes. But what Back got... when I was a landscape shooter. Yeah. 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 I know when when we started, you were still shooting, or you were just shooting with me, and we're. Just... What got you back into, or what got you into uh, portrait photography? Because uh, it took a while for me to even get into portrait photography. Maybe like a year after you. Right, yeah, I noticed that too. Um, I think what got me into portrait photography, I went to, I forget who, you know, it might have been the portrait culture. I remember they had a meetup in, what do you call it, the in San Francisco at the Palace of Fine Arts. And it was a big meetup, and like they had models and everything like that. I liked the way it was organized, where it was like four photographers shooting with one model. And that was my first experience in shooting with a model before. Um, and I felt like within a tight frame and a tight space, I had a lot of control in constructing the image that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to direct, and I had a, you know, shout out to Taylor. She was my very first model I ever shot with. And mm-hmm. she goes by Subi Tay on Instagram. She was the first model I shot with. I had a good experience with her and I just realized this is something I could do more of. You know, once I came back and I did the edits and I was like, I was proud of what I did. And then I just kind of furthered up on that. I still was shooting landscape at the time. Yes. But every time I had an opportunity to do a portrait shoot or shoot with another person, I took it up because I realized I wanted to hone in on those skills constantly. So you mentioned something about earlier your, uh, that you have a degree on. What's that about? Yeah, so I graduated from uh, San Francisco State University uh, in 2010. Uh, I have my degree in business marketing. And uh, along with photography, you know, my main, my main thing that's always going to be there is my business. It's a family business. Uh, we do natural and organic Mediterranean food distribution. So we supply a lot of grocery stores and 
cafes, restaurants, food, food service, and grocery. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a family-run business. It's going strong, and that's pretty much my main focus. That's my main focus, and then photography is kind of just like my creative outlet and everything like that for me. I think of photography as like some sort of um, therapy for me. Oh, very much so. Yeah, because yeah, it, it helps you. It gets you out there. Yeah. It, it makes you like uh, network with folks out there who also has the same, very similar uh, hobby as you. If not hobby, then passion. If not passion, then job, I guess. Yeah. Professional career. Yeah. Oh wait. Uh, congrats on 2K. Oh, thanks, um, What are your yeah. thoughts on Instagram for the grand scheme of photography? Um, portraiture, right? Yeah. So I'm doing mostly portraits. That's kind of like my niche at the moment. And I just feel like it can expand into many other things, but that's what I thoroughly enjoy doing. I love the process mm-hmm. of working with people, getting to know new individuals, discovering other people's talents. Um, the whole collaboration process is a beautiful thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you know, I always said I have my business and everything, but being able to network and create with new people is something I thoroughly enjoy because it just allows you, you have a creative mind. And it just flourishes when you go through that process. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not only that, we like to hone our own skills. And speaking of skills and style, um, you have a very unique style. I, I really like it. It's very um, vibrant in color. And not only that, with portraiture, um, you make like these models very looking into like a, a, a. I don't know how to say it. They're like very angelic or okay, uh, yeah. ethereal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like it. Like. Uh, are you sticking to that style? Maybe a little hone it better or growing into something else, but also keep it to the same theme? I think that's kind of like a signature look that I may have developed. Yeah. Um, but I don't want that to be, I guess, mundane or I don't want to stick to only that. You know, I think that's what I'm kind of honing in on at the moment. And there's further concepts and projects that I want to do that I think will further develop my style and the various things I don't want to do in photography. Yeah. Um, so I can more than just portrait photos. You know, I'm, I'm not just trying to take pretty pictures, beautiful women and everything like that. I do want to create stories through my images and my colors. So that's what I want to do. And I think, you know, I'm lining up various projects to reflect that right now at the moment. That's beautiful. I mean, you always have something coming out of your pocket. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. It's, it's very time consuming to be an artist in general. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. But what I do can pull out from your own photography and your unique style is that whenever you get copied or something like that, I can already tell. I can be like, hey, that's a natter photo right there. That's his work right there. <laughs> okay. Who, why is this person like taking over your stuff? Like, And then I'll just, you know, throw you the account name. Be like, mm-hmm. is this your stuff for reals? Just for confirmation. <laughs> right, right. So, not only photography and your business, it's, it's what's driving you to be a successful person or getting to that per, uh, to that person you want to be um, is this a hobby a freelance or I mean I know this is probably not full-time photography for you. oh absolutely I'm not doing it full-time I don't know if it ever will be a full-time thing uh, just because I have other priorities in my life you know yes. what I mean but I definitely want it to be something that's part of my identity yeah you know I want to, you know a lot of when I started getting into photography you know you spend a lot of time figuring out your style right and then because, you know, I'm very business 
business-minded and very business-driven. Like last, a lot of last year was uh, how can I monetize my photography? So I was taking yeah. a lot of bookings, a lot of shoots, um, doing things here and there, uh, just trying to get as much cash as I can from my new hobby, essentially. You know, they say yeah. like when you're in 30s, you got to have a hobby that generates money for you. And that was, and I felt like that was accomplishing that for me. Yes. Um, but that was last year, and then this year I think I kind of like changed things up and I didn't want to be just a photographer mm-hmm. so I kind of I 2019 has been all about accepting myself as an artist yeah and honing in on my craft and showing that I am a capable artist 2019 is I mean not just yours where you're saying that you want to accept yourself as an artist but everyone is trying to accept themselves for who they are self-love is growing pretty strong out there I heard it's there's like a self-love movement Oh yeah, uh, within the community of photography, or just in general in social media, there's definitely a lot of that. You see a lot of it. Yes, definitely. And it's good to be out there. Yeah. And I mean, it's good to also be out there to, like, be the voice or be the face of uh, a, a good movement because a lot of people out there needs that support. And so do we. You come up with a lot of different like sort of aspects in your concepts too. So what are you drawing for your? What are you drawing your? inspiration so how do you set up your portrait what's the shooting experience like if i was the model that's asking you to go out for a booking shoot in it um i get requested to do shoots quite often um i don't take a lot of them only because i don't necessarily hey let's shoot and then we go somewhere and i'm just taking pictures and then i do do things and post crap that sounds like me right there (laughs) (laughs) but uh what i try to do is i try to have methodology in every every shoot that i you know encounter yeah and i have to like before i even schedule a shoot or maybe per se reach out to somebody for a shoot i typically have an image in mind that i want to capture so i have a concept that i'm looking to create yeah so that that image burns in my head and my creative soul needs to create it yeah and from there once I have that in my mind I go about with that process and then I reach out to the right person or I accept with the right person that I feel would encapsulate that image that I want to create so a lot of times people reach out to me and then I come up with something that fits for them yes and then I go ahead and make the arrangements for a shoot so that, that's how you choose like uh, who to work with, the models you work with. Right, yeah. Uh, up until now. Mm-hmm. And for like future models, this is what they should be looking at or hearing from you when they want to work with you. Yeah, and I think like when you're reaching out to photographers as a model, you know, yeah. um, and you want to work with somebody, I think it's great to start, let them know that you appreciate their work and if you have particular concepts or outfits and everything like that in mind because that stimulates Mm-hmm. you know that creative mind to say yeah let's go ahead and do that you know you want to get excited about something you don't want to get be excited about if someone wants a shoot you want to be excited about a concept that you want to create yeah definitely that that's that's kind of like me i don't know like uh and so you've been coming out with creative stuff man i've been seeing your work you know like i you've have been different doing wavelengths yeah yeah different wavelengths uh but in terms of like concepts and what you want to shoot for concept and like what models want to shoot i always tend to be that person who likes to help them first so like hey i'll shoot your stuff first like portraits fashion whatever they want but i would also think like my my concept are too i don't know how to say it like too into the wrong direction of what they want but it's something i want and no yeah okay i understand what you're saying 
Yeah, so... And then, you know, another reason, not just me, but why to be selective in this whole process is that, you know, I stated this isn't a full-time thing for me. You know, I take my time to do it, and it takes a lot of time. So you want to be able... You want to make sure... And your time is of value. Yeah. So that's why you have to be selective in who you're working with. Because otherwise you can have hold back a little work and not being able to deliver all those photos or create something that you wanted um, that could be stressful on your mind so it's I believe it's solid advice to make sure to pace yourself as you're doing this too oh man I'm, I'm the guy who goes in and just say hey who wants to shoot this <laughs> throws up a, a story on Instagram yeah. saying hey this concept who wants to be it and, okay, and then yeah. I get like 20 DMs like oh my gosh I should have done it that way yeah. it can get overwhelming yeah so that's why you know I want to say be methodical yeah. 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 I like I like your approach. Your approach is very uh, a little bit more informed and thoughtful before uh, uh, moving on with what you want to do with concepts. Yeah. Um, Not only that, and then like it puts in the model's mind what you're trying to create. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you have you know something to go in into it with. Yeah, definitely. So for the process of setting up a shoot, let's say you already got a model, you booked mm-hmm. it and everything. She's she's agreeing with the concept of mm-hmm. the idea that you want to create. And so, walk me through your process of setting up the shoot from getting the model all the way through to the end of the part where you give the photo to her at the end of the day. Okay. Well, it's definitely not at the end of the day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever, yeah. how long the process it takes. No, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, well, you get, you know, you have that mutual interest that you want to shoot, right? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is scheduling. You know, like, I'm only really available on weekends. A lot of people are not. Um, a lot of the models I work with are in like the service industry you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it, you know scheduling you have to get through the scheduling part too um, so once you, once you get through scheduling essentially like I said I'm always gonna have some type of concept in mind already so yeah. with that then it's about me uh, choosing the right location mm-hmm. for uh, the image that I have in mind and then what I do is I let them know the location so that they can visualize themselves there the beautiful thing is how we started in landscape photography is a lot of times I have photos of the locations that I want to shoot with yeah so I send them those like I just did a shoot uh, a couple weeks ago and I went through that whole process where this is a place that I've been wanting to shoot I sent the photos of the location they love those photos yeah and then it got them excited to um, continue and go forward so and it keeps it so that we're constantly back bouncing ideas back and forth yeah um, after that then you know you go into styling back so we did talked about earlier on uh, like fashion and what what to buy for your concepts and what to wear uh, tell me about your, your editing process your etiquette practice on how you go about with the concept the fashion and you bring it all together to your editing process yeah post is kind of like what brings it all together right yes you know what I mean because I can get these images straight out of camera and they're still good but in post is where I put my signature touches to it and um, I really show my skill set essentially. Mm-hmm. Editing's kind of a, or retouching, whatever you know the terminology you want to use there, uh, it's kind of interesting because that is where I believe as a photographer you always need to continue developing yourself. Yeah. You know, there's so many different ways to do editing, so many different styles. I'm constantly trying to teach myself new techniques so I can factor them in uh, to my post process. So 
that was my process. And I've completely revamped that over the last month. I literally just learned how to use Photoshop less than a month ago. I'm still shaving the ice on that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, Lightroom has been such a base for me and I did yeah. all my editing in Lightroom. Uh, learned how to do tone curves and everything like that. Yeah, you know HSL and you know color calibration and all those things. Those are all the to various tools that I use originally. You know that got me through where I am today. Yeah, uh, to the photos that I've created, and then I would even do all my retouching within Lightroom too. So I'd use like various brushes. I created all my own presets for the very for the style that I want. So in terms of like color grading, and then after color grading. I would go into retouching within Lightroom using various brushes. So I made like a dodge and burn type brushes and I was yeah. doing all of that. And uh, um, you know, I had a brush for the eyes, I had a brush for the skin, I had a brush for, was struggling because, especially orange tones, orange tones, if you mess with that, you're changing skin tone. And if there's other orange in the photo, that completely changes too. Yes. So I started realizing, you know, the limitations within Lightroom and I started teaching myself Photoshop over like the last month and I think that shows in my like my last six or nine photos that I've been using Photoshop mm -hmm. so skin you know smoothing out the skin and everything like that so because wow. I realized that process because you're doing in Lightroom it's kind of a destructive process yes you know it I mean? is so yes. if you're trying to trying to get better at that um, and I think it's helping and trying to understand Local dodge and burn, global dodge and burn, frequency separation, uh, selective color, and everything like that. So I've just been, every week as I'm putting out photos, you can kind of see my progress yes, in this learning It looks like journey. it's getting yeah. better every time. I don't know what you're doing, but... Creating the style that I want. Yes. Yeah, because um, there was things I just, I wanted to do in Lightroom and I didn't know how to do. And now I'm able to do those things in post through Photoshop that I've been teaching myself, you know. You always top yourself after every three sets of photos. Like, this, <laughs> Monday, you're gonna post tomorrow, Monday, right? Or yeah, I'll usually like stick to like a Monday and a Thursday or something Monday like that. Monday and Thursday? Yeah. And I have to do it like late at night at like eight o'clock, because then I don't, I try not to be on my phone uh, during the day. Yeah. During the day? Yeah. After everything you just explained to me, is there a way for you to like dumb it down for like the new people? I know Adobe Lightroom is pretty drastic to like even look at it as to being the person who just started looking at it. To me, just look at the right where you hit develop and there's a bunch of knobs on the right. It's just slide them all around. That's oh, all I slider say. tools, man. That's, <laughs> that's why I had so much hesitancy or hesitancy into learning Photoshop. Yes. Because I would look at the interface and see all these buttons all over the place. I didn't know what they did. And the tools too on the left yeah. side, that small bar tools. Yeah, so it was, um, there's a big learning curve with Photoshop. You know what I mean? Um, but just to be selective with which one works well with the photo. Yeah. And then I create uh, a base layer, uh, which is my signature coloring that I do within Lightroom. Okay. So, yeah. so Lightroom is kind of my camera raw where all the photos start. So I take my images, apply the Fujifilm profiles, um, you know, various color schemes that fit the situation and the photo and the mood that I'm trying to create. Yes. And then from there, once I'm comfortable with that, uh -huh. then I take culling is like the worst part. That's what takes. If you're ever, as a model, if you're ever wondering what takes so long for you to get your photos, it's culling. Culling is the process of <laughs> selecting what photos you're going to use. So if I go through a shoot and I typically take about like two to 300 photos, if, if I'm doing digital. Yes. Uh, and then I'm trying to limit it down, cut it down to three to six images that I'm going to work on 
and I'm going to spend a significant time on developing those in post. And mm -hmm. those are going to be the ones that I publish on my portfolio and Instagram. But it's part of posting to a lot of people, including me. Like, some tag the person and that's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you choose really good captions. So how do you go about that on your captions? Oh, man, dude. The actual posting process, I think, is the most stressful part of photography. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that moment where you're going to say you're publishing. You know what I mean? You're putting your work out into the world. Um, mm -hmm. And then in order to do that, you know, if you want the photo to succeed, you have to have the right captions and everything like that or something that's playful that people will want to engage on because that's obviously how you grow and everything through Instagram. So, and I'm, I don't know, I guess I have like a few different formats. One will be either something personal where I'm kind of like telling a story or just a little tidbit about myself to get people engaged where you kind of have like a question involved. A lot of times what I'm doing, or if you've noticed as of late, story has, I choose a word. So I look at my photo, I stare at the final photo and I'm like, what single word each photo represents this photo? You know what I mean? It could be like enchantment, it could be enlightenment. Uh, recently I used sprouting and I, you know, so various things like that. Like I had uh, baby's breath flowers coming out of the model's pants and everything like that. So I chose sprouting, you know, mm -hmm. it's being birthed. So and then from there, I've lightweight on recently started writing a little bit of poetry too. So just, you know, getting thoughts out and everything like that. So what I do is, just sit there and I write and then <laughs> I put that into my captions uh, and that essentially becomes the caption for the post. <laughs> You're gonna become like a rapper. I'm dabbling, I'm dabbling. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Just, just seeing what's the waters over there. Yeah. Huh? Wow. It's nice because then um, a lot of times what I do because mm -hmm. if I'm writing and it's not towards a specific photo that means that's where I'm driving my concepts from. Yeah. So like I'll I'll write like a, a short story or a little poem and then from there that story or poem in itself creates an image in my head mm -hmm. and that becomes the concept that I turn into a photo project. I think you know that's, I mean? yeah, yeah, I can so, do that myself too. I've yeah. seen it. Um, I've seen compliments uh, from people who uh, like comment on my pages or mm -hmm. my photos where they're like, every photo is a story. I don't know how you do yeah. this. You know? I, can, I can already see that on your page. Like yeah. I apply that same thought process like how does he do this like okay cool it's not just his editing but his storytelling and it's like also storyboarding his whole his right. whole concept mm -hmm. with the model with the outfit with yeah. the editing and then i post in threes you know what yeah i, mean? I noticed so every, that. everything is each block within instagram those three little squares is its own story in itself you know that has a central theme to it so yeah and it's nice because then if you write and then you create your your concepts from there then essentially you have your caption before you even created your photo which is a cool thing so. yeah and uh, speaking of like the space of putting captions in there um, you have like uh, selective uh, hashtags right I mean a lot of people like exposure yeah and even though if you do put your hashtags up there uh, and tagging other like portraiture companies or not companies but feature accounts yeah like shout out pages feature yeah. pages and everything like that yeah does it bother you where the algorithm sometimes helps or doesn't help what you're trying to do um, for engagement or it matters I don't know, hashtag is an interesting thing because I think that's been changing as of recently it's you know, changing yeah yeah because um, yes. you know uh, my page is set up as a business page so you can look at the insights and everything like that 
and so you pay attention to that and you see you know what your reach is from hashtags it shows your reach from location or um, your natural reach from just from your profile alone and the photo I posted before my last one had zero reach from hashtags and I, I thought that was really interesting so that's you know it shows things are kind of changing up um, mm-hmm. and I think it's you know advisable to make your hashtags like relative to your photo you yes. know rather than just like to say copy paste every time and everything like that so um yeah it's just a part of the process i guess i don't put too much thought into it it's just okay you, know, you put it in and then um a lot of my hashtags are like fujifilm related that's you know good I mean? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you want to so, you want to tell everyone to say yeah. hey i'm a fujifilm uh, yeah. photographer yeah you know i put that right on my bio on my page and everything like that so yeah yeah, that's beautiful yeah. because uh, I'm pretty sure like Fujifilm, please sponsor Natter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Fujifilm does see that those tags. I mm-hmm. mean, if any of them, uh, if it's not just uh, Fujifilm themselves, it's the whatever yeah. brand. You know, like Sony has its own community. Yes, Fujifilm has its own yes. Community, like Canon and all that kind of stuff. And the exposure on that is like, if you can't expose yourself to other feature accounts, then the camera company you use, hopefully they can like. Yeah a shout out using their technology their equipment their cameras because the goal as an artist is for people to see your work yes. and if people get influenced or if they enjoy it um, that's what you want you know you, you want to create something that stems from you and then you want to be able to share that and hopefully yeah. get reactions out of that and I think that's the whole point of Instagram as a photographer essentially yeah goals can be with photography I've thought about this a little bit you know and sometimes I struggle with this thought too it's kind of like how long am I gonna do portrait photography you know like and you know how long how long am I gonna stay in this niche or well you know because Instagram essentially is my portfolio right now um, I'm developing a website that can highlight my portfolio so it just puts it in a more structured layout but what I'd really like to see myself end up doing is connecting with a lot of people I want to continue networking um, definitely me collaborate, too. collaborating with a whole bunch of different artists um, one thing that I'd really like to see is my work displayed more in print I've done a couple art shows where I've had exhibits where I've displayed my portraits and my landscape work um, and it's a beautiful thing to see people come by look at your work and then watch their reactions <laughs> as they're looking at your work so um, I thoroughly enjoy that process and further down the line as I continue with this journey of photography I think I want to do more art shows more art exhibits and yeah. hopefully one day it's just a way of have my own kind of like pop-up gallery or something like that I think it would be really cool I'd love to have a party where I have like a DJ and a hall that I rent out and all my work displayed on the walls oh, that are available for purchase um, I think that's that's what I'd like to eventually get myself into yeah. wow but people do get lost in where to look for places to print I mean for me I oh, look at them too like a Costco if the place is big and you'd like mm-hmm. a party for that or like a public gallery is it mostly strictly you I mean of course it's yeah. gonna be mainly you you're the host yeah. all your work but uh um, it would be an event and I've been to yeah. a few of them where um, I've been to a couple in the city where it's an artist they're showcasing their work they, they set up a space and everything like that do they invite other artists like uh, oh yeah you know and they're selling the tickets and everything like that okay. uh, so uh, or it's a free-for-all invite 
essentially to get people to come in and then you display your work you have your tags and the photos and then people come in they introduce themselves to you talk about your art you talk about your inspiration you get yeah. to meet people who enjoy your work executing the art because i believe as much as we focus on the digital art putting things on the phone making sure it has a reach and everything's on the phone right yes but i feel like my art is truly appreciated in print form you know what I mean? Because you work on these big files. When I get it in print, I think it's a whole different look. Mm-hmm. I think you can really appreciate it more. And I just want to be able to print it and have people see it in that format. I don't know if this is like everyone's little secret. Because, you know, like. I can delve into that, yeah. Landscape photographers mm-hmm. do sometimes tend to not tell people, no. hey, I shoot here. I don't want to tag the place, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, like, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, you'll ask other photographers, be like, hey, would you get this shot? They're not gonna tell you. It, right. I don't know how that happens, but it's just like a little thing in the back of your They don't head. want other people flooding that location or yeah. whatever it is, you know, like little well kept secrets. So But for a print business mm-hmm. and if you say your source of who's printing your stuff, or if you're printing your own stuff, then it's fine, it's cool. If you're printing your own stuff through your own printer and I'll tell you right now, like uh, the work that I put in these exhibits or when I put for presentation, yeah. Um I send them to Bay Photo. Oh, Bayfoot. I heard yeah, of them. Yeah. Yes. They're local. They're, um, I forget what city, but they're in Northern California. Okay. Um, so I send it to Bay Photo. They have this nice portal where I can pretty much pick out the material that I want, the sizes that I want, and everything like that. Um, I had them just print about, I've got an exhibit uh, next Friday, so where I'm just displaying my work. So mm-hmm. I, I just printed out about like 12 of my pieces. And yeah, it came to me within a week. It's a beautiful service. Um, and then from there, so that's shout out to Bay Photo right there for printing out my digital work. Yes. And then in terms of my film photography, um, I have three developers that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Oscars Photo Lab in San Francisco, PhotoWorks and PhotoWorks SF, and then the Darkroom is a place I highly recommend for a lot of uh, new film shooters because it's really good prices and I scan, I develop the film, scan the film. And uh, I get every shot I take on film printed also. So yeah. that's a beautiful process. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of outlets out there for uh, printing in mm-hmm. terms of like for analog film yeah. because everything is turning digital these days. Yes. I mean, everything's there's a lot computers of computers go bad. Computers go out. You yes. Know what I mean, that's data. That, yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to print your work and have it in that medium, mm-hmm. that format of print because. You know, it's like your old family photos and everything like that. You wanna, you, you wanna that, hold on to it. You get that nostalgic feeling. Yeah, know, every definitely. Time. Yeah, definitely. When you like hold that piece of print and you're like, twenty years later, wow, I printed, yeah. I printed this thing. Yeah. That nostalgia. It's why yeah. I shoot Fujifilm. It's why <laughs> I shoot film. You know what I mean? So yes. Um, the retro's the new wave. Retro's the new wave. Yeah. Uh, I'm still living on the vintage uh, vibe. <laughs> Maybe uh, I should. Going back to like what you've been doing with your projects, your exhibits, and uh, now that you have like expressed your goals with us or with me, um, any upcoming projects at least? Um, definitely. Uh, I've got quite a few things in the works. This month of August is gonna be a really fun one. Um, what I'm trying to do more of is connecting with local people, forming teams, uh, working with other photographers. Um, I'm definitely trying to connect and develop relationships with more stylists, makeup artists. They are, I just want to put this out there, they are fundamental to the process too. Mm-hmm. You know yes. what I mean? They deserve a lot of respect um, and they deserve credit where it's due because 
the looks that they create are part of your photo. You know, stylists put together outfits and everything like that, and they have a very skilled job and a difficult task in terms of selecting the outfits, getting the things that fit uh, for the mood, make artists. It's directly right there on the model. You know what I mean? It's it changes the look drastically. So it's on the face yeah. right there. Yeah. So I'm trying to connect with people uh, locally because I, I feel like San Francisco could use better recognition in the photography community. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to do that. Um, and then with that, coordinating various uh, photography trips and everything like that. So in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be out in like Joshua Tree doing a shoot. So mm -hmm. that's going to be fun. And then scheduling and doing more things like that. And then I have all these concepts in mind and I just want to put those into motion. So I think that's what I'm going to be doing um, for the remainder of this year and upcoming you're coming too. It's like you're becoming, you're, you are self-proclaiming yourself or at least developing yourself into a, an art director. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I never thought of it like that, yeah. I mean, you're already scheduling things. You're already running running the meets. You're already picking the makeup artists or at least inviting mm -hmm. them to come. Yeah. And same goes for the stylist and the hairstylist also. Yeah. And um, if anything, you'd be, picking, you'd be picking the fashion if not the model themselves or yeah, the definitely. stylist themselves. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm really uh, intrigued how that will roll out, especially um, your I'm excited for it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's more room for growth. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think you gotta, you have to work on self-growth. You know, you gotta have projects to work on, projects that you get excited for. So, yeah, keep having those on hand. I think that's what's keeping most or passionate-looking photographers, uh, the ones who would inspire others, because uh, those who like tend to stop on photography are those who are probably not looking in, looking deep enough into what they can improve on. And I can see yeah. that you're trying to you're constantly trying to improve on. I think I have direction. Skill. Yeah. You know that's a piece of advice I would give to anybody is yes. Before you delve into anything, photography, business, whatever it may be, it's like you need to have a sense of direction of where you want to go. You know, having your goals in mind so that when those are in place, you can create the methodology for you to create the action steps to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so with that direction, um, is there any like straightforward advices that you can give out to like new photographers or? Keep shooting. <laughs> That's Keep all I would shooting. say too. You know what I mean? Like you find inspiration the more you look through your viewfinder. You know, the, keep looking through that viewfinder because uh, one of the things that I think is essential in honing in on your craft or understanding photography is getting comfortable with the various focal lengths. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? To yeah. be in any kind, you know, I love the 35 millimeter focal length. I love the 85 millimeter focal length. That's what I shoot primarily. Yes. So I'll be in a situation or I'll be scouting out a location and I can look at it and I can understand for this shoot, I'm going to shoot a 35 millimeter because I want to capture the environment and I want to show, create that kind of mood. Or for this particular location, I like how there's lights far in the background. And if I use my 85 millimeter, it's going to create that depth of field to create that nice creamy bokeh in the background. Like a separation. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely. So um, understanding the various focal lengths and training your eye. Training your eye is the most important part to developing your craft as a photographer because the more you train your eye to understand how things will look in a photo as opposed to the way your eye sees in real life allows you to create images in your head so that you know yeah definitely. What, what you're doing when you press a shutter yeah, yeah. I, I and extent, understand the exposure triangle that's very important exposure oh yeah. yes yeah. exposure 
shutter speed and yeah. aperture. Yeah. I shoot full manual. So mm -hmm. um, my camera is never in an auto aperture, auto shutter speed. I'm, I'm manual focus, manual shutter speed, manual ISO, um, and I do all of that in camera to get the full control that I want. Wow, you like one-up me on that because the only thing I don't manual use on is the focus part where I like the autofocus on the eye capture. So it's just like, yeah. hey, I'll bring you to the focus on the eye and then mm -hmm. the rest of it, I'll just manual. Like in the Sonys, it's beautiful technology. Yes. I mean, especially like the a7 III and the, the new ones that are coming out. That eye focus, like you can keep your camera on AFC the entire time if you're yes. shooting portraits, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. That technology is so good. But for me, um, even if I was to switch over systems or anything, like, I like the manual focus because the highlight of every photo mm -hmm. is the eye. Oh, yeah. So I'm yeah. always like, I don't want to get using autofocus and then it, it hits the nose or it hits the eyebrow. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I use that focus peaking and everything like that. I want it to get right on the eyelashes. The eye is what's going to make the photo stand out. Mm -hmm. um, and I just go from there and just try to make sure everything gets in order. Yeah, definitely. So, with that in mind, well, guys, uh, that was a lot, guys. Uh, we will be right back on rants or any tangents here. Bye. So much information in terms of what you do and, like, your work process. And, and I'm happy to share it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. There's a lot yeah, of people. I like working with people, so I think uh, people uh -huh. need to be open to sharing their methodologies, too. Let this community keep growing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because hiding information is, like, not helping the community in, mm -hmm. in any way. In terms of locations, in terms of like what gear they use or recommendations, because in all, I mean, I'd rather give all the information up to newcomers and then let them decide on their preference. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you have to give out your secrets, but continue to inspire people. You know. Hey guys, we're back. I have a segment that is totally out of a uh, topic here. But it's gonna be my so-called. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna name it now. Tangity rants, <laughs> and right. um, it's gonna be really unscripted, and uh, you, we can go really wild on this. Yeah. Um, well, nothing today was really scripted, but yeah, let's hear it. Let's go into it. What do you want? So, um, so, Fujifilm. Why, why just Fuji only? For you, are you just strictly Fuji film? You know what? For now, I am. Okay. The reason for that is because I've invested into the lenses. But damn, you know what I. You know what drives me wild? Yeah. Every time I open, you know, I'm self-taught. I've learned everything through like YouTube and I'm reading books and everything like that. Yeah. But every time I open YouTube, man, it's always somebody trying to sell me this, someone trying to sell me this. It's a review on this grammar. It's a review on that grammar. The pros on this, the cons on that. And it's never the, what's really hard to find on YouTube is the stuff that really teaches you the whole workflow and everything like that. You mm -hmm. kind of have to like learn that on your own. So I just feel like every day, when I'm like trying to delve into some like self-learning and everything like that, I'm, I'm being sold stuff. You know, you got the whole A7R4 that's coming out. I kind of want that now. You got the A7 III that's there. I kind of want that there. Um, you got Fuji's like medium format beasts that are out there, 100 megapixels. I kind of want that. That's being recalled, I think, because uh, the shutter button is like... Is not... it the shutter button? I, I don't know exactly what it was, but it doesn't matter because I'm not buying that. It's way out of I budget mean, for me. I don't like how uh, Sony is uh, boasting their 61 megapixel A7R4 
First of all, it's as, not medium format. Yeah, that's what yeah, they're saying. Yeah, you can't be calling that medium format, man. Uh, the sensor's a sensor. It's like when you're shooting film, medium format just renders a different look because the sensor's six by seven. You know what I mean? It's a whole different game right there. Yeah, exactly. So um, It's like comparing a basketball field with a football field. Definitely, you know what I mean? Yeah, just... Uh, I don't know what comparisons you can make, but it's, uh, <laughs> it is, like you said, it's very boastful of Sony. So, um, I'm not a Sony hater or anything by any means. I think they make great cameras. It's just, ergonomically, I'm not a Sony fan. I can't, I've, <laughs> I, I remember when I was picking out my camera, like, man, I'm six foot two, man. I've got big hands. So, like, putting, wrapping my hand around that thing, I was, it just it didn't feel right to me. I was like, the lens was pinching my finger. So and your pinky was running under under yeah, the camera itself. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, man. I, it's gotta feel comfortable in my hands, you know. Yeah, I can tell. I mean, not only that, you're saving probably more money just sticking with Fuji in general. I mean, the lenses alone. Oh, said, just so much. You cheaper, said lenses, yeah. so lenses yeah. on Sony is just skyrocketing high. They yeah. can make their own prices on that. Right, and like on the new A7R4, in order to utilize 61 megapixels, you gotta have a G Master lens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta have the right lighting and everything like that. So. Um, I like the Fuji setup that I have. Yeah. And because one, it's lightweight. Mm-hmm. You know, my gear kit is so small. Like, I and when I do bring my whole kit with me, it fits in a backpack. You know what I mean? So I don't have. I only have prime lenses. So um, lightweight. My 85 equivalent is like half the size of like an 85 full frame lens. You know what I mean? So Beautiful. yeah, lenses. Or weight of the kit is very important to me. Yeah, because yeah, I don't want a backbreaker by the time I go traveling. Yeah, man. We're getting old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting old too. So, um, with that in mind, would you think it would be blasphemy for me like to adapt Fujifilm lenses on a Sony camera? <laughs> with well, adapters? that'd be tough because I'm like, the, the Fuji lenses are built for APS-C sensor. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, if I was going to put it on like a A6000, the APS-C format cameras from Sony instead of the full frame. Right, yeah. I've never really been a fan of uh, adapters. You know, that's kind of like, it's another step. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's more space between uh, the glass and the sensor. So, yeah, yeah. I've, you know, I like the Fuji lenses. They're native. I do have one macro lens that's not um, a Fuji, but it's... Yeah, man, you gotta, you know, if you wanna, if you're gonna get the right, you know, the beginning beginning point for a lot of photographers is picking the body. Yeah. Get the right glass. Yeah, definitely. Get the right glass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, because uh, it's like what they say with filters, too. Um, you buy a really badass glass, I don't know how expensive it'll be, $3,000 mm-hmm. glass, and you just slap a $5 filter on it, like. No, yeah, that, exactly. What's know? that gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather put insurance than a filter, then. Yeah. But um, that's what kind of sucks too when you're getting started with everything. You're like, what's it? It's a heavy decision on what you're gonna buy because that leads your direction for such a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so like you, it's, it's a big investment. If you're gonna buy Sony, you're gonna be buying Sony glass or whatever. Maybe. But uh, yep. Yeah. So it's just like you have to pick a. Um, Adapter, no, platform, like a, brand. Um, I don't know, like a brand essentially. Yeah, everything within one brand, one comprehensive kit that, essentially. I know there's a lot of Fujifilm people who love the camera and the color that it produces. Um, I hear the same thing from Canon folks. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, like, I mean, is it the glass or the sensor? I'm pretty sure the sensor does the coloring and then uh, the glass itself gives that mood. 
Oh, definitely. You know I mean, I mean like, it applies to that concept does apply to almost yeah. every brand, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. The sensor, the sensor is always going to change because the sensor is part of the body, and you're going to always going to. That's going to upgrade over time as technology mm-hmm. tends to further and advance. So, um, investing in glass is important. It just it sucks how expensive this hobby is, man. Like you, know, you want to get new glass. Typically, you know, they're around a thousand dollars each. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Give or take, you, yeah, yeah. You're looking in that range for good glass. Um, and you know, as photographers, because we're all kind of gearheads, right? Yep. And so we're constantly being sold things that we don't need. <laughs> definitely. Like, yeah. Especially on YouTube. Yeah, definitely. You, you got guys who does all the reviews, like, I don't know, like Jared Poland, who goes... They handle a camera for like less than 24 hours at a, like a introductory event, and then they pull a full review out there, which yeah, is not so comprehensive you, at all, you know? Yeah. And then you have those who get invited for like a week's worth of like usage on that demo. And oh, so I'm a marketing major, man. So I can yeah. I can see right off the bat yeah. when something is like sponsored content, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes they throw off the bat, be like, "Hey, I bought this. No sponsor from whatever company, but here's my." Uh... But they sent it to you for free. Yeah. To try it, there's you're still that. gonna send it back. But you know, like I mean, there's biases in every review that you're gonna it, have. It just feels there. like I'm the beta, beta tester before they release the product. Right. It's like, hey, we built it up to this point without any software upgrades, but. Let me know what you think. <laughs> That's what's cool with Fuji too. They're always putting out updates. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Sony does come up with their updates, but I'm not sure about like third-party uh, software companies. Yeah. Uh, like Sigma just came out with their uh, firmware update for the cameras. And uh, speaking of Sigma, Sigma mount adapters. So like, let's say I have a Sony E-mount camera. Sigma does make lenses for Canon and Nikon. And you know, when you're getting started, that's the most confusing part. Yeah, understanding the the, the mounting system. mounts and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Cause uh, I, when I was looking at Canon, I was like, okay, it's a Canon uh, EF mount. Okay, it was a Canon EFS mount. Right. I was like, what the hell's the S mean? Yeah. The whole time I thought and I it feel was. Like that information is never clearly stated anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then for Sony, it's uh, they both say E mount for the APS-C and the full frame, but once you start to see. Canon, no, no, no. Uh, Sony camera, 85 millimeter, FE E mount. That's when you know it's a full frame. It's camera. one letter. FE, yes. Yeah, one letter, and you you can completely make the wrong decision if you're new at this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes. If you don't do your proper homework. Thank God alone for do your homework, guys. Film, it's all APS-C, or majority of the yeah. market is yeah. APS-C. Yeah. So you already know what lenses to buy for Fujifilm. Yeah. That's uh, that's intriguing. I mean, you know what's uh. I find it super interesting, like this whole like crop sensor hate that I see everywhere oh, on yeah. like YouTube and Instagram and everything like that. You know what I mean? It's just like it's a tool to create the images you want. You know yeah. what I mean? Everybody like shits on. Can I swear on here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's okay. totally but everybody shits on like you know APS-C and that's why they won't ever do Fuji and everything like that. Um, and she's like, dude, it doesn't really matter. It, what matters is the content that you create. It's not the gear that you necessarily have. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Because, uh, I mean, in terms of gear does help, but content is what matters. Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you could be a... They always say gear doesn't matter, right? But to an extent, gear does matter. Because you need specific gear to create specific types of look that you're trying to go for, right? Especially, but yes. in terms of getting started, you don't need to buy... You know, like you said, you upgrade within five months 
That was me to yeah, yeah, back yeah, on to Sony. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You upgraded within five months. You like there's a learning process. So, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with it, but essentially that just get started, man. You don't need to like hate on various brands and everything like that. They're just cameras. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of people who ask me like, hey, what's the best camera I need? I'm like, what's your budget though? <laughs> yeah, it's a big question, right? Yeah. Like, what's your budget? I mean, don't get what I get because this thing is like two thousand yeah. dollars. I've worked for it. But, uh, I mean, really, what's your budget? I mean, there's a lot of people who just yeah. ask me that same question. I think people are constantly asking all the time, too, what lens should I get? Should I get this one or this one? If you had to choose between this and this, I mean, it all depends on what you're trying to shoot. I'll just tell them, too. I mean, yeah. in the most cases, like, hey, you want to do both portraiture and landscape? Uh, if you do portraiture, you're going to be having lots of lenses. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Not really. You can get away with, like, two or three lenses in portraiture. Uh, 35 and an 85? Yeah. Or a 50 and an 85? Or 50 is kind yeah, of too close yeah. already. That's why I don't have a 50. Well, I do have a 50. It's just, um, it's like one of those like pancake type lenses. Yeah. So that's for like with all my family or uh, stuff like that. But like for my actual work, I use 35 and 85. And when he says pancake lenses, guys, it's really small lens. It's it's like a compact lens for like yeah. traveling for sure. Yeah. There's a smaller version, so. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to weigh in, the size of lenses, uh, Sigma has the biggest lenses. Like, I don't know how they to say do, right? the biggest and yeah. the heaviest lenses out there. Yeah. Uh, under that would be Canon, if anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with lenses, I mean, in the take for yeah, those Sigmas are fatty, especially the art ones. That's what I'm using right now. Yeah. The Sigma 35R yeah. 1.4, and they're coming out with a 1.2 for Sony. It's expen- like, that's going to be super expensive. Do you like, really need that difference between the 1.2 and the 1.4? If I was doing something with production and if it was my job, then yes. But for hobby, you don't really need it. Oh, yeah. For all starting photographers, a lot of starting photographers are thinking, I need the best shit right away. I'm like, no, you don't. You can just start with your kit lens or your phone because you, you don't need the it. skills. Yeah. 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 Develop the, the habit of framing things correctly first. Right. Don't just be like... Uh, I need to know the rule of thirds. If you have gear, and if you're trying to get started, if you have any type of gear on you, use it until you find its limitations. Yeah, that was... Use it until you find, I'm not getting what I want because this camera can't do this specific thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, whether that means, you know, um, trying to create the the depth of field that you're kind of looking for. You know, obviously, that's those are various calculations. You can get to that um, through a combination of lenses and measuring distance between you and your subject. But uh, yeah, just use the gear that you have, man. Use it to you find its limitations. Yep. And then you can upgrade. Stop being sold by the capitalist market where everybody's trying to get you to upgrade every year. Like, <laughs> your, your camera is not your iPhone. Well, you're gonna have to need it. Uh, you know, we we get an iPhone or a new phone every year or two because you know that lithium ion just burns out, and you're yep. gonna have to need a new one. Lithium Your camera's not like that. You yep. can interchange the battery, so you yes. use it to its full extent. That's why people still keep their lenses and change cameras at least. Yeah, I just sold off a whole bunch of gear just because I didn't need it. You know, you weren't using them all or yeah, adapting I had, them. I still had my original Lumix camera. I had okay. all the lenses for that and everything like that. And then there was like a at Sammy's camera over in San Francisco. They had an event where they were buying gear. I came in, I was like, I got this, 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 laid out the whole table. I was like, this is what I got. What will you give me? They gave me a nice fat check, and I left the day, and I was happy. And I, I'm down to like three lenses, my main Fuji camera, my film Minolta X700, mm-hmm. 50 millimeter on there, and 
my kit's solid. It's exactly what I need. I'm trying to be that's beautiful. Yeah, minimalistic. Yeah, minimalistic. I'm I I think I'm the other side. I'm a hoarder right now. I feel like I'm one because uh, hey guys, don't even do this. But yeah, man, you got lenses collecting dust. Is that good for you? I don't know. It's, I have. But it's nice things. to have it in the situations where you might need it. But. I have three Polaroids now. <laughs> I have three Polaroids. They're all one steps, and they all use 600 film. Yeah. And I have a Why Minolta. Why do you have three? I know. <laughs> I just saw it on sale. I'm like, what oh, okay, the hell? Okay, yeah, yeah. This thing used to be $150. Now it's only $50. Impulse buy and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. There goes me. And guess what it's doing? It's just sitting there. And I don't. I haven't bought film for it yet. <laughs> Three cameras, no film. Yeah. yeah. And there's uh, there's also this like, it looks like a cassette tape. It's a Vivitar. You wouldn't even think that Vivitar mm-hmm. makes uh, cameras. Or Sears. Sears has a uh, film camera that I bought from the... Who? Sears. Like the old department store? Yeah. It just says Sears on the freaking camera. No way. All right. I got, I got, I'll show it to you. Yeah. Like maybe on Instagram. I'll, I'll just send you a picture. Yeah. And um, uh, Kodak has like a somewhat version of Polaroid. And it's even bigger and chunkier than uh, the Polaroid. Fuji's really big into that. The whole Instax. I can tell now. That's major. It's yeah. hitting the, the young market. Yeah. It's a big like revenue driver for the company. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think yeah. so. There's that, and then there's, wow. Okay, cool. So, I mean, not only that, but I mean, Kodak is like, is it, is, they're not as big as they are anymore. I mean, all I know. Is oh, I love make Kodak, them. man. They they make beautiful film. They make beautiful. Like, I've got rolls of Portrait 160 and 400 in my bag right now. You know Portrait what I mean? Portrait 160s all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Portrait. In my film camera at the moment, I have uh, half a roll of. Uh, Portra 160 is still available there. I gotta finish on that roll. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Hey guys, when people say Portra 160, it's a film stock. Yeah. Yes, it's film stock, and not only that, it's it, it has a certain character to it. Yeah. Um, same goes with Polaroid. Like it has a certain character to it too. Um, like the beautiful thing about film is the film that you choose is an exciting process because every time you go out to shoot, it's like which film am I gonna use? What look am I going for? Do I wanna do black and white? Do am I gonna use a high ISO or am I gonna do the grain? Am I gonna use my Porsche 160 to get, you know, like these like neutral and a blank look, or am I gonna use my Fuji Superior and I'm gonna get like saturated colors and everything like that. Uh-huh. So you know, <laughs> the the film stock definitely determines the style uh, for the output of your photos, which is I think yeah. pretty rad. It's pretty rad. For a lot of people, I mean it, it may not fit your own feed alone, but it does fit like certain stocks and I mean certain styles that other people yeah. do like to look at because it's very nostalgic anyways yeah I mean with all this gear talk like have you thought about what happens when your stuff gets stolen I mean with the Bay Area oh man I know you just went through that and <laughs> I feel so sorry about that it's it's tough it's tough but luckily I'm not buying all the most expensive gear you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah buy with a budget just stick on a budget yeah it's tough man you know, you go out there. I think that's one of the main reasons I got into portraiture, to be quite honest. I've had like three experiences where I was like shooting by myself in the city and doing my landscape or my urbanscape shots. And, you know, people approach you. You know, people are trying to rob you and everything like that. So they see that bag or they see the tripod on you and you're a walking target right then and there. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a shame. When you're alone. People suck, dude. They'll just try, you know, they see an opportunity and you're in walking target. Yeah, I mean, we both live in the Bay Area. You specifically yeah. live in the area where a lot of the thefts do happen. I mean, a lot of the yeah. thefts that happen to be on the news. A lot of broken, broken glass on the streets, you know? Yeah, I've, I heard stories where, like, friends of mine who just happens to wake up in the morning, go to work, 
you know, unlock the car, and then yeah. approach the car and be like, what the fuck, my car yeah, is yeah. broken. Right. There's nothing in my car. I and, mean, that whole driving away and, like, you got a broken window, and, like, that's sad enough, but then you're thinking about all the things that you lost and things you can't recuperate, so, yeah, man, it's tough. People suck, dude. Yeah. Uh, that night when all my photo, I mean, when all my gear was taken with uh, two other friends of mine, those two friends are longtime friends I had for a long time since uh, 2009, 2010. Okay. All right. Yeah, and uh, I was the first one to be the one uh, who's into photography first, and I mean, with all our gear, we're all Sony shooters. That's very funny. <laughs> so one, one had a seven two. Birds together, huh? Yeah. One had a seven three, just like me. So two a seven threes an a7 II and um, I'd say together we lost about 13 to 15 thousand dollars worth of gear wow yeah three, that's wild three bags I also had my that's action scary when I like go out on my shoes or if you're walking by yourself like you carry like f- close to five grand in gear in your bag you know what I mean and yeah. that's just in the backpack where you don't see everything else yeah. yeah, it's not like I'm carrying my strobes or my lighting equipment, you know, that's like super obvious, but just like walking around with cameras and lenses, that's a lot of money in your, on your on your person right there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you heard the story where this, uh, he's pretty famous, I heard, uh, this old man, 70 years old, uh, mm-hmm. Twin Peaks, 6 or 7 a.m., taking the I remember reading about sunrise that. picture, yeah. and then he got robbed and yeah. hit, killed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember actually reading about that. That's so sad. Yeah, that's really. Twin sad. Peaks is a dangerous spot. Twin Peaks is a target. Yeah, spot. yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely known, like, not to bring have any valuables out there with you in your car and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a shame, but that's part of San Francisco. You know what I mean? And it sucks because like everybody who comes into San Francisco that I see, like, you know, just last night we were hanging out. And you, you said you forgot your wallet in the trunk. We had to pull over before we went into San Francisco because you can get it so no one would see us opening the trunk and see we have all these backpacks and gear and see, everything like that. So yeah, with that experience in mind, like, there's that thought it's process. It's traumatizing, now. right? Yeah. Yeah, so you're preparing for it. Yeah. I'm bringing myself into the way I, ch- I changed myself on how I think on what I'm doing over in San Francisco now. Like, am I going to open the trunk? No, I'm not because I'm in San Francisco. Yeah. Am I going to pull the camera out over here? No, I'm not because I'm next to, like other people who might right, yeah. in the dark too yeah and whatever thought process you have now for photography guys uh, just be mindful like who's around you and uh, where you at also and what gear you have on you because you could lose it and whatnot. because San Francisco alone or the Bay Area alone has a lot of breaking thefts I don't really think uh, the cops are doing they don't really care. that much extra effort yeah. yeah, they don't get paid enough to just like go out there hunting. Oh, this gear right. got stolen, blah blah blah. Right. They just wait for the incident to happen and quinkadinkly. Uh, not trying to do all the paperwork or yes. trying to investigate or research and everything like that. Even if like you give them video footage, they're not gonna go look for the guy, you know. So it's yeah, it sucks, man. But it's just it's part of San Francisco. Something I, I don't like. I think that's what yeah. people do. Like they just say all this stuff was stolen and they give it to media like uh, ABC or NBC yeah, yeah. or Cron 4 and, and then they'll just put it up on like an article I mean that does help yeah. but it just spreads awareness and I'm pretty sure those guys don't give exposure. a fuck exposure doesn't pay my mortgage man <laughs> yes exposure I mean if it's for free then sure like yeah, yeah. as in, if it's free information for you to give out and then they'll do the work for you like exposure then sure right. if I have to pay 50 bucks for my my gear to be uh, to be exposed on 
in the news to say, hey, Ken's stuff was stolen. I don't know. I'm not going to spend 50 bucks no. for that. <laughs> I'd rather just no. do, put up a police report. This is why you got to pay creatives. <laughs> you pay your creatives. If people are creating content for you and everything like that, pay them. You know, we have expensive hobbies. We have expensive skill sets. And we invest a lot of time into that. So, um, yeah, you know, as artists, we need to get... Not everything could be free, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and it sucks like there's that assumption where people are always thinking like can you take photos for this can you take photos for this no, yeah. nobody ever wants to bring up compensation when uh, yeah. they're trying to arrange that's shoot like the dirty top yeah, right there. yeah exactly I mean you did mention like hey why does all my photos take up so long before you get it it's yeah. because the editing huh? yeah and uh, that's hours that I'm sitting on my chair clicking and that only I can create yeah like, and you're over there I don't know what you're doing models but or whoever like the product or the client you over there just waiting. Uh, no, but no, no, no. Well, you, you do have to give them the the respect that yeah. they put into the process. You know what I yeah. mean? Like models go through a lot. Um, yes. You know, just like in terms of like maintaining themselves and being ready for a shoot and all that. So um, I can understand when they get antsy waiting for photos. You know, oh, they, yeah, yeah I, that's definitely for sure. People are gonna get antsy waiting for photos, but. You know, just a lot of pressure to like deliver photos too. You know, it's a lot of pressure to like when you when you send when you're like, okay, am I gonna get a reaction out of them or what are they gonna think about it? Are they gonna repost it? Are they gonna share my work? So uh, there's a lot of angst. Are, that comes are they that. gonna come back to me and be like, hey, right. change this? Yeah. Why'd you take out my mole? <laughs> I thought I was a pimple. Come on. Because <laughs> I had that happening before. Uh-huh. Uh, how about this? Um, how do you feel about models or? The people you give your content to. Yeah. How do you feel about them changing the character? Of Don't your filter edit? my photos. Do not put a filter on my photos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Like I don't know what a filter is. I've never used a filter. Um, I put a lot of work into creating the style that I've done. Like, don't crop it. Don't put a filter on it. You know, it's uh, it's happened before too, and it's a, yeah. it's a little it's insulting, isn't it? It's a little insulting. You, yeah. Like they go about their way. I'm like, hey. I like to work with you because I love your style. That part right, right there, that sentence right there. I love yeah, yeah. your style. Mm-hmm. But like, I think a lot, or at least the people that I work with, typically have an understanding of that. You know what I mean? I mean maybe uh, if we start charging, I mean, if it gets to the point of about talking compensation, that's when I can probably safely throw in the contract. If they're oh, that, then it's a client. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah you know, if you're doing trade work, essentially, you're working on collaborating together and creating you know as a photographer you are essentially the content creator yes you know what I mean yeah um, and then from there you know, a client is a client you know they're gonna be monetized if you're monetizing what you're doing and they're they have certain expectations or they need uh, the deliverables in a certain way so that they can present it in a particular fashion you know you have to you have to apprehend to that mm-hmm. yeah definitely Wow we've been through a lot I mean, since we first met, yeah, and we've grown. I mean, I can see it's kind of great to have we, like we watch each other over yeah. the last few years, just kind of like growing, like both of us honing in on our skills. So it's like we it's may nice not be... to have passionate friends in this yeah definitely. this industry. You know, there's not a lot of friends who are. In, I mean, I would say some of them are like half-assing. It's like I'm only in it for a hobby. Yeah. But then again, I'm like, hey, I mean, it's nice to have driven people in your circle. Definitely, because yeah. it helps improve who you are yeah. and what you're trying to create. I mean, not only that, you can juggle your ideas with their ideas, and it can improve your right. your concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a bunch of models I want to work with, 
they throw me concepts and I'll throw them back with a different concept and they'll be like, okay, whatever that is, I'll take that one over over the one I gave you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. Yeah. For me, like the weirder the better. Oh, I don't know how to explain that. That sounds like surrealism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it, if it does, because I like to like bring out the character of that model. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, here's my touch on your stuff, but I want it to highlight you more. Yeah. Is that how you like to approach your things too? Your, your work. Um. Well, like I was saying earlier, you know, like I'll have an image in mind. Yeah. So if it's somebody reaching out to me, then it's me. This is what I feel like. A style or a concept that I have in mind that I think you would be a good fit for. Yeah. You know what I mean. So it's always, it's it's a balance between the two. You know what I mean. Do you feel uh... like I don't necessarily. If you're gonna hit me up, unless I'm being compensated for it, I'm not really gonna do trade work on like a lifestyle shoot and everything like that. You know what I mean? Just because it's not the direction that I want to go in. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, you ever have that like anxiety of like not anxiety, anxious is also anxiety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that anxiety I feel like people use like the word anxiety way too waiting. much nowadays. Yeah. Waiting for like a model to post something. That is your work. Oh, that's definitely You're like, that. hey, yeah, I yeah, gave you this yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. How can you not post it? And uh, I haven't seen you work with other models. I mean, photographers always. Yeah, there's definitely that. You know what I mean? Because you want people to share your work. It, it's it's the the biggest compliment. When people post your work, it's the biggest compliment that yes. you can receive. As an artist. <laughs> um, but you have to pay. You know, give mind to the fact that. So, like, you know, my feed has a look, right? Yes. My feed has, you know color differentiation you know stories is blocked out the model could be doing the exact same thing so if you do work together and it doesn't correlate with your feed then you you you're probably gonna you know i have one model who has photos from me she she can't wait to post she can't wait to post it but she's waiting for that specific color set to appear on the feed or that particular pose to show up you know what i mean so i don't i don't know when it's gonna happen uh but it's gonna happen you know what i mean yeah so you have to be patient in terms of that so yeah although or if your feed's just a mess and you post whatever then you know it's that's when I usually see they get posted. Uh, I feel like that's me right there. Because I do post like... I mean, it's, You post a lot of content. You got a, a yeah, you got a lot. I got a lot I'm of I'm like, damn, work. Ken's always on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at my, my my time on app, how much time I spend on apps on my phone. Like, because, uh, you know, iPhones yeah. have this t- feature where they record time on apps. Yeah, yeah, Mine's yeah. like... I get a warning every time I spend an hour and a half on this. An hour and a half? Yeah. Like, throughout the whole day? Or, or like, yeah, uh, it, accumulating it, yeah, it says, like, you've hit an hour and a half... Oh, a time on the phone, on the app, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I so that's a reminder. Limits. Okay, put it away. Get some work done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't have any limits on mine. I just, yeah. I just have it recording. Oh, Ken, you spent like three hours on this app alone, and I'm like, what app? Oh, fuck it's yeah, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because there's a lot of like uh, communication through that, not just yeah. the apps alone. I mean, not the content, but I'm always. It's not three hours of just scrolling. You know yeah. what I mean? You're I'm like you're searching. Yeah, you're communicating with other people. So I get that. So um, definitely. But I think you know, like how we were talking about the anxiety of waiting for somebody to post. I think a really important thing with social media in general. It's like is, a placebo effect. Right yeah, there. with social media in general, is like you have to pay mind to what it's doing to your mind. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I turn off the notifications on Instagram because I don't want... Oh, that's, that me, that's yeah. me right there. Yeah, so that's, like, that's, that's a huge piece of advice I give people for, like, their mental health and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I post a photo, I put the phone away. Put the phone away, I don't want to... I'm, I'm not trying to pay attention to 
our likes coming in, our enge- is engagement coming and everything like that. You know what I mean? That, that is can, a very healthy practice. Yeah, so you, so you want to be able to like, I've delivered it, I've put it out into the world, I'll check back on it later and uh, you know interact with the people who interacted with me. But creating those expectations, man, that can, that can really drive things in your mind. So, um, you know, we're, you know, mental health is a huge topic mm-hmm. in the media nowadays. So I think it's, it's important to practice the right things so that you're not allowing an app, you know, an take app, over your yeah, life. an just app, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, like a lot of, I always say like, it's just Instagram, man. Just Instagram, so yeah, um, you know it's really important to make sure uh, you're comfortable with yourself, so that you can put yourself out in the most proper fashion. Yes, definitely. I mean, don't let the the platform take over you, but take advantage of the platform. Absolutely. To what can enhance your life, or not only that, but give you exposure of what you're trying to expose yourself to, to the community, to or be a voice or be a face for the community of what you're doing in this community um i think i want to end it right here um it was good talking to you appreciate it man it was great to be here yeah definitely i mean good to have you for the first episode and not only that i mean you're the first person to to like have met when we first just started too i know it's a proper fitting right yeah Yeah. so i think you were you were the best fit for this first episode (laughs) and uh thanks for coming all right appreciate it look forward to more all right bye guys guys i want to thank everyone for listening on my podcast photo tidbits that right there was n city and n city matter i want you guys to know that i am looking forward to more of this kind of conversations interviews and gear talk we can talk about anything else like it doesn't have to be interviews or gear talk it can be more rants a lot of the fun stuff that we had unscripted and just to let you know that anything that we did mention in this podcast, I'll leave it in the show notes for you guys to like 